There's a crazy date bug that's going to happen in the year 2038. Some clocks on computers are going to go back to the year 1901. In this episode, we'll explain why. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. On a previous episode, which I'll link to in the show notes, we talked about the Y2K problem. That was a serious problem that we'll recap in a moment. There's another serious date problem that not everyone is aware of. It's the 2038 problem. So with the Y2K bug, it was that when we hit the year 2000, computers were going to stop working because of how dates were formatted. That's right. People were being cheap in the 1960s and 1970s trying to save some money because memory was so expensive and just using the last two digits of the year to record dates. They were thinking, this computer will never be used after 1999. So because they're only recording the 99 and not the 19, we would go from 1999 back to 1900. That's crazy. There was a lot of money spent to mitigate that problem. It was largely successful, but it cost a lot of money. And actually there was some real human costs to that problem as well. The 2038 problem is quite similar. To understand the 2038 problem, we need to understand two things, a little bit about Unix and a little bit about binary numbers. Well, the year 2038 seems so random. So how did we get there? Well, we actually start with the year 1970. Unix was developed in the early 1970s, and we did a whole prior episode on the history of Unix, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, so I won't go into a lot of detail here. But when they were developing Unix in the early 1970s, they needed some point where dates were going to start because you have to have some reference point for when you're recording time. Where are you recording time from? And they chose, for convenience, the 1970s. So they chose the date January 1st, 1970 as the beginning of the quote epoch. And Unix time is measured just as the number of seconds since January 1st, 1970. And that's just an integer number. Literally, there's just a count in Unix machines that says, how many seconds has it been since January 1st, 1970? The other side that we need to understand is binary numbers. This was kind of an arbitrary decision to use January 1st, 1970 as a starting date. A less arbitrary decision was what kind of integer are we gonna use to count those seconds? And most systems that Unix was being developed for were 32-bit systems. So they decided, let's use what's called a signed 32-bit number. In a signed number, we use the first bit for detecting whether it's a negative number or a positive number. And we use the rest of the bits for the actual quantity. So we have 31 bits to work with. I'm not going to go into the details of how binary works or um, powers of two, but you can listen to a previous episode, again, one I'll link to in the show notes on what is a byte if you want to find out more about that. But basically, with a signed 32-bit number, we have two to the 31st possible seconds or numbers to use uh, either positively or negatively. So in other words, a signed 32-bit number that's used to measure seconds since January 1st, 1970 can give us two to the 31st seconds past January 1st, 1970 and two to the 31st seconds before January 1st, 1970. That ends up giving us a range of dates that range between the years 1901, going negative from 1970, and 2038, going positively from 1970. And the exact date in 2038 is the 19th of January. So on the 19th of January, 2038, we're basically going to run out of seconds. 
That doesn't sound good. No, it actually could be a real problem. Because what happens with integers in most programming languages is when you hit the end, you wrap around back to the beginning. And so we're going to go from uh, that this really large number, which to be exact is 2 to the 31st minus 1, which in um, everyday speech is 2,147,483,647. We're going to go from that to the negative version, basically, of that number plus one. And so that's actually going to take us all the way back to 1901. So when we hit the year 2038, some Unix systems will go back in time to 1901. Which would be pretty confusing for a computer. Right. It might create all kinds of problems. As you can imagine, many computing systems depend on having proper dates and measuring proper times and the amount of elapsed time. If you're measuring elapsed time and you start counting in 2038 and then the time flips to 1901, you're going to think something really weird happened, that you had some kind of negative elapsed time, which could create all kinds of unforeseen bugs. So how big of an issue is this? Like how many computers are using the, this system? Yeah, Unix was a really popular operating system and it has tons of derivatives that are still with us today. For example, Linux, Android. Mac OS, iOS are all part of the Unix family. And for example, early versions of Linux and early versions of Android had this 32-bit number problem because they used it for recording Unix time in 32-bit numbers. And so they're actually going to be vulnerable to this 2038 problem. Now, of course, there have been updates for most operating systems. And in fact, this has been a problem in programming languages and databases as well. For example, early versions of the Ruby programming language and the MySQL database system are also vulnerable to the 2038 problem. But later versions with updates have replaced these 32-bit numbers with 64-bit numbers. With a 64-bit number, we'll basically never run out of seconds. We'll have billions and billions and billions of seconds to go, um, which will take us actually so many billions that we'll have actually billions of years. So a 64-bit number is totally immune to any kind of date problems. And most older systems, programming languages, databases have all been updated now to use 64-bit numbers. So the problem is not a problem if you have an up-to-date system. How do I know if I have an up-to-date system? Well, make sure you've installed all the latest patches. But the problem is maybe you don't know about some systems that aren't getting updates. For example, there's a lot of embedded systems that run Unix derivatives and use Unix time. You can think about maybe a microcontroller that's in the anti-lock brake systems of an older car. So or, you're saying that the car could like crash or something? But we don't know exactly what these bugs will cause because we don't have the code to all these various different systems. There are medical systems. You can think about an embedded medical system that was implanted in the 80s or the 90s and never updated and maybe was using Unix time. And just like with the Y2K problem, people were working in the 70s. They thought nobody will still be using this computer in the year 2000. And with some of these embedded Unix systems, people were thinking, nobody will still be using this computer in the year 2038, so they weren't even worrying about it. But as we know, some computers get a much longer lifespan than their creators ever believed or intended. And so, yes, there are many embedded systems out there that are vulnerable to the 2038 problem that probably nobody is thinking about and that may not get updated. And of course, there are some systems that'll, that don't get updated, but they'll be just fine because they don't actually depend on time lapses. They don't depend on, even though they use Unix time and they have the 2038 problem, they don't actually use the date and time for any critical functions. And so they'll go about flipping from 2038 to 1901 and nothing wrong will actually happen 
because they don't actually depend on the, t the date and time being correct. So, but we don't know where that intersection is. Where are the systems that have the 2038 problem and depend on the date and time being correct? Well, I'm sure there's many embedded systems that nobody ever touches that nobody will even realize. And so unfortunately, I think just like with the Y2K problem, this 2038 problem will likely end up costing a lot of money and will likely actually have some real negative impacts on some human lives. Thanks for listening to us this week. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Kopec Explains, K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.